Okay, today we're going to have a Bible lesson, so you're going to have to pay attention. In the Bible, the number seven is important. So God created the world, we know, in seven days. And the seventh day was the Sabbath, the day of rest. Now, in Hebrew, the word for seven is the same word for swearing an oath. So creating the world in seven days is is significant because God, in doing so, is swearing an oath and entering into a covenant with his people. The Jews also celebrated a sabbatical year, which was every seven years. And every seven years, the land was allowed to rest. They did not plant or harvest. And then seven cycles of seven years, seven times seven, 49, every 50th year was the Jubilee year. Now remember this, the Jubilee is very important to understanding the gospel. I was at a Bible conference in January, and the presenter, Dr. Tim Gray, he said, if you don't understand the Old Testament Jubilee, you're not going to get the Gospel of Luke. Because Luke, his whole mission is to announce and to usher in a great Jubilee. Jesus takes the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and opens up the scroll to where Isaiah is prophesying there's going to be this mysterious servant of the Lord anointed by the Spirit who's going to proclaim the year acceptable to the Lord. He's going to proclaim a jubilee year. And Jesus is saying, I'm here now to fulfill the jubilee. So we have to understand the Old Testament jubilee. What happened in the Old Testament in a jubilee year? Three things. Number one, debts were forgiven. Number two, slaves were freed. In fact, slavery was often tied to your debt. So if you couldn't pay your debt, you became the payment of your debt. You became a slave. And number three, your ancestral land would be returned. So for instance, if your grandfather, say, lived a dissolute life and lost your land by gambling or living a life of drinking, well, in the Jubilee year, your ancestral land would be returned to you, breaking this cycle of poverty. Okay, now one other important point about the Jubilee year. Only a king could announce a Jubilee because only a king could enforce the Jubilee. Most of the people didn't want a jubilee year. Most people don't want to pay off, release their debtors. Most people don't want to release their slaves. Most people don't want to return land. Who wants the jubilee? The poor, the indebted, slaves. These are the people who want the jubilee. Okay. Now, Jesus is a king. So we know he can announce a jubilee. He can enforce and fulfill a jubilee. In fact, his whole mission now is to usher in the great jubilee. In his spiritual way, 
Jesus did not come to release us from monetary debts, but from the debt of our sin. This is why in the Gospel of Luke, in the Our Father, it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The language of Luke's Gospel is all jubilarian language. It's all about the jubilee. We have to read the whole Gospel under this lens that Jesus is ushering in the jubilee. Second, Jesus doesn't come to release us from physical chains, but the slavery to sin. Finally, we might ask, well, how is Jesus returning land to us? What is the land Jesus is returning? What land did we lose? We lost the Garden of Eden. We lost paradise. Now, the connection here is actually from the crucifixion because the good thief says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognizes Jesus is a king. Remember over his head, it says Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And so the good thief is saying, Jesus, I know you're a king. I know you can usher in the jubilee. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And the word paradise that Jesus uses is the same word for the Garden of Eden. So Jesus is saying, I am going to return the ancestral land you lost. I'm going to give you back the Garden of Eden, a new Garden of Eden, a new paradise, heaven. Jesus returns the ancestral land we lost by opening the gates of heaven to us. Now here's the good news for us. The word today. 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 God is doing these things for us today. Today Jesus is liberating us, forgiving the debt of our sin. Today Jesus is releasing us from the bondage of sin. Today, Jesus wants to give us our promised land of heaven. How does Jesus release us from the debt of sin today and the yoke of our slavery? First through the waters of baptism and then in the sacrament of reconciliation. This is the primary ministry of a priest to release people from their debts. This happens when we go to confession. The path to freedom is humility. Jesus wants to liberate us. If we don't believe that, we empty the cross of its saving power. But the path to freedom is humility. Number one, I have to recognize my own powerlessness over sin. I need a Savior. I need you, Jesus. And number two, I have to recognize I need other people. Isn't that Paul's point in the second reading? We, though many, are one body. Not all of us are an eye or an ear. Hey, not all of us have all the gifts. We need each other. So in humility, I need accountability in my life. You know what keeps people primarily in their bondage? It's our pride. Pride blinds us even to our own sin. 
Pride blinds us to start rationalizing in our lives. Well, the commandments really don't apply to me or the precepts of the church. I mean, they don't apply to me. I know better than the church. I'm wiser than the church. And in our pride, we remain in bondage. It takes humility to actually say, I own my sin. I take responsibility. And then it takes humility to go and confess my sin, to bring my darkness to the light and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. Release me from the death of my sin. Release me from my slavery. Now let me close with this. Why did God tell the kings in the Old Testament to celebrate this jubilee? It was primarily to remember the Exodus because the Exodus was God's jubilee. Think about the story of Exodus. God released his people from the debt of their sin. He released them from their bondage in Egypt, from their slavery. How did he do this? By leading them out of Egypt as they passed through the waters of the Red Sea. And then he returned the ancestral land. He returned the promised land to his people. And now God is telling them, this is what I did for you. Now, you have to do this for each other by celebrating a jubilee year. You have to be merciful to each other. You have to forgive each other of your debts. You have to break the cycle of poverty. I did this for you. Now you have to do this for each other. So celebrate the jubilee. Now, what is Jesus doing? His whole mission is to usher in this jubilee to announce a new exodus. God is going to accomplish this new exodus, not by passing through the waters of the Red Sea, but the waters of baptism. In our baptism, we are forgiven. We're released from our bondage and we receive the promised inheritance of heaven. And now Jesus is saying, okay, I've done this for you. Now live the Jubilee. As I have loved you, you have to love one another. You have to be merciful. You have to forgive each other. You have to break the cycle of poverty. In the final judgment in Matthew 25, we will be judged on whether we have loved and practiced the works of mercy. The corporal works of mercy, the spiritual works of mercy. Jesus' mission is to usher in the Jubilee. And now we, as God's people, must live the Jubilee.